This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Java Chapman in for Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening on this Thursday morning. Coming up on the program here in just a moment, we'll speak with Jeff Norton, executive director of USTA Mississippi. He's going to tell us how he and his staff are working to promote and develop the game of tennis in Mississippi. A little bit later on in the program, we're going to uh, rebroadcast for you our interview that we did from uh, July 27th last year, introducing the game of pickle ball to the program, speak with Ambassador Tom Lindenberger and player Rhett Mitchell about the growing sport in Mississippi. And then also, um, we're going to speak with United States Croquet Association Certified Director Joe Moore. He lets us know where you can play croquet in Mississippi. Uh, All right, so now, Jeff Morton is in studio with us. Jeff, thanks so much for coming in. Norton, I said Morton, not, (laughs) no, not like the, well anyway. Good morning, thanks for coming in. How are you? I'm Good. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about uh, what the USTA is on a national level. What, what is their what's their purpose and, and, and for serving the game of tennis? Well, the national organization obviously is the governing body for competition, uh, junior and adult. And that includes um, uh, recreational programs on a competitive level where you can advance from your state into a sectional competition as well as national in an adult league program. And then on the junior side, of course, there's a tournament structure that uh, you end up through your state, through your section and national rankings and even world rankings on that side because obviously the, the junior uh, audience is obviously looking to play college tennis down the road somewhere and so college coaches are looking at rankings. Interesting. So that's yeah. why there's a, a, a very serious um, competitive structure in play for them and of course the big piece of the, the pie for USTA what funds everything we do is the US Open. We actually own the US Open that yeah. takes place in New York and US Open is amazing because in 14 days it is a stronger economic impact than the Mets, Yankees, Knicks, what am I missing here? And and both football teams, as far as the Jets and the Giants, yeah, their whole seasons combined in 14 days. USTA's economic impact is above that. It's an amazing event. That's phenomenal. It is, and, and the the facility there is yes. just in, it, it's incredible and has expanded. We've now got a retractable roof over the stadium. There's a second stadium that will be. Yeah, uh, the original Louis Armstrong came down at the end of the tournament last year, and they've rebuilt it, but it has also a retractable roof. So now we'll have two stadiums with retractable roofs. Wow, so. that's Really awesome. Yeah, pretty neat. So uh, the uh, USTA Mississippi uh, is is how different is the purpose that that you and your staff serve uh, to the state as opposed to nationally? Well, obviously, when you drill it down to the state, where we serve more of the local areas, and obviously mm-hmm. that means even getting down to the local areas such as Jackson and the coast, and you know Hattiesburg, Tupelo, and all of our areas, uh, South Haven, uh, which is a suburb of Memphis, but we just opened some new courts up there. So there's a lot of things that we 
we do and we see a, a city is engaging in opening new courts or even a private club that might go up, we're right there to help them out. Yeah. Um, and for junior and adult both, as I was uh, mentioning earlier, we have entry-level programming where youth and adults both can get started in the game um, through a, a really cost-effective, easy way to get going. On the adult side, it's called Tennis Apprentice, and various clubs and some of the teaching professionals host that because yeah. they know it brings them business. On the youth side, we have a ready-to-rally program, which is it's ideally targeted to 10 and under, but there's been some of the locations where we'll open it up to 14 and under as well. Very cool. For folks who want to get involved in the game, and this is this is something I've learned through some folks that I know, they, it's, it's really cool that there's a lot of different competition levels, and you guys do a really great job of, of seeing that through so that nobody, uh, regardless of what their skill level is or experience level, nobody is really going to go into an, a, a situation where match after match, they're just going to get buzzsawed by somebody, and it really it encourages individual uh, growth in the game. It does, yeah. Everything that we launch from a, a youth program or an adult is very level appropriate. Yeah, there, There's an entry-level spot for somebody to get involved in, and especially when, I, like I mentioned, Radio Rally and Tennis Apprentice. Those two programs will get you set and get your base skills down, and even though you might go, okay, I'm ready to go, they're going to make sure that you're not jumping into something like you just mentioned, where it's going to be a really poor experience and go, wow, okay, that's a little bit more than I thought it was. <laughs> you're going to be able to jump into something that's going to be very level appropriate, and even though there might be some seasoned players out there with you, yeah. which is good to have, they're also not going to be so far above your level that it's going to be overwhelming to you. You'll have a good experience. For uh, for adults and seniors, maybe they played in high school or played in college, and now they they are out of the game. You, you offer a lot of leagues, and it's it, it's, it's very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I learned <laughs> uh, how, how competitive it is, and it's it, it surprised me. I don't know why, but it, it did surprise me to a certain extent. On scale with you know the national level, you you go to that convention and, and the other southern states from a you know, comparative to other states. Where's Mississippi's tennis culture from a competitive standpoint? Can it go toe to toe with a bunch of the other states? Oh yeah, Is we're it? very solid. I mean, I can't recall exactly the numbers, but in the last I would say three to five years on the adult side in that recreational program I was mentioning about adult league. Yeah, there are it's year round, and so we've got uh, right now we're in the middle of what's called adult season. There's a mixed double season. There's a combination season that's called combo, mm-hmm. where it's different levels get together to play on a team and all these various programs um, they advance from state to sectional even national we've had uh, national championships last year we had a uh, local team out of Jackson area um, was a national champion another team that was more in an entry level kind of uh, play as well was a runner up at a national competition um, so we've over the years done very well and yeah. on the junior side we have a uh, very strong respect for our play and, and how well they do um, individuals As a matter of fact we still can can boast as far as Mississippi in producing uh, the young NCAA champion ever. He beat out John McEnroe's record, and that's wow. Devin Britton, who's yeah. currently coaching up at Ole Miss. So, yeah, Mississippi, uh, we're, we're on the map. They, they definitely know who we are. Uh, how, from a professional standpoint, how, how, how does the USTA stay, uh, or I, I guess USTA Mississippi, how, how do you uh, coexist with that? And I wonder, from like high school teams, uh, club teams, different things like that, training academies, because I, I mean, I, I, I've heard so many stories about when a player reaches a certain level, he's basically shipped off to Florida and they go to some you know, tennis academy down there or something like that. And that's basically what happens with, with everybody. But how do you how do you involve yourself and how do you exist in that kind of the, the the environment of the really, really, really good players that have a future in the game? That, that's uh, that's very, very true is what you mentioned, because it is the especially in the junior market, there are players that, and Devin was a perfect example of that, he moved on 
I don't know, the age of 14, 15, and went to train in Florida. Because yeah. he knows, number one, it's that competition he needed on a daily basis. And so there is a value to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nick Balateri started that whole scene in the 80s, and it just became the norm. That's where the Agassiz and the Couriers and all those guys yeah. just grew up. That's how the norm was. But we can say this now. The education for these teaching professionals has gotten uh, so much more of an improvement product for them yeah. that they're able to really seek out what some of these coaches at one time were doing only on an elite level somewhere. And so a lot of them do stay at home. Uh, Dave Randall here locally, who's the uh, director of tennis at the uh, River Hills, just right around the road, corner from here. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Tupelo. Um, and he just grew up playing the Mississippi side of things and obviously went on to be one of the, uh, he might have been, a, uh, I don't know if he was the first All-American, but it seems like I've read that somewhere. I know he was an All-American at Old Miss as well and had a very uh, successful uh, tour professional as well from, yeah. from his own right so that's that's somebody who you can look at that did stay local i mean obviously when i say local he starts in mississippi there's that sectional component you go out and you branch out and you play national tournaments yeah i mentioned earlier how we hosted a national tournament for 12 and 14s here in jackson and they mm-hmm. come in from all over so it's 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 nice that usta is seeing the need for these kids to get exposed to those levels yeah um so by doing so and branching out in a schedule that will minimize travel because you know it can get expensive absolutely so it's nice that some of the kids do have an opportunity to go to either stay within their state or go to a neighboring state to be able to get introduced to that competition once they start knocking on the door being able to get in those yeah they need that exposure so it's beneficial so we don't have to get that component of i'm off to florida and i'm off to you know spain or something to go train with the big dogs (laughs) and yeah you can actually get a lot done locally that's really cool i'm I'm glad to hear that what's um how do you stay involved with uh communities one of the one of the coolest things we were talking before the show that, that I learned uh, is that um, your involvement with not just like cities or municipalities or parks departments, but it's, you know, private businesses, neighborhood associations, different things like that. You're involved in, in keeping the game, uh, you know, relevant on, on a number of different levels and involvement with you know, many different facilities in many different places, some that I normally wouldn't have expected. Mm-hmm. You know, the. USTA, I don't know how long it's been. It's been quite some time. I would say 20-plus years ago, there's a component they have that's called a Community Tennis Association, and it's from the community department that USTA mm-hmm. has branched out in. Um, so for an organization that started out really only governing competition, they've branched out, and they realize the growth of tennis can happen because we can put some things in place. Mm-hmm. And a perfect example is Jackson has a Tri-County Tennis Association, and a lot of our other areas will have one. You know, uh, Hattiesburg will have one, the Coast will have one, you know, South Haven will have one, and they might be regional. They might cover the Northeast or the Northwest, yeah. a corner of a state or something like that, and we have that. Um, but those organizations are out there, that Ready to Rally program, they may host that. Mm-hmm. They may go out and find one of the facilities that will host one of those tennis apprentices for the adult entry-level programs as well. So they're very tuned in and involved. And they actually get, uh, there's a component for them to be funded by their efforts. So they can get some money automatically that comes into their uh, pocket that they can go out and utilize for the next year to keep the, the growth of the sport very yeah. fluid and very very uh, healthy for that matter. Yeah. So you and your staff, what are some of the, the, the big objectives that you're working on now. I'm sure this is kind of a, a revolving list that keeps on going, but what are some of the big things you're looking at? Sure. Well, obviously the growth of tennis. If we mm-hmm. can keep introducing new players constantly to the game, then we know that that's going to be a self-sustaining sport and it's going to do well. Yeah. And every sport out there is trying to do something like that. So we are trying to always stay innovative. This Ready to Rally program is something we launched just in the Jackson area a good four years ago, and it just branched out and now it's statewide. And, and we're in unique locations where maybe there's a public park that right now their budget doesn't allow them to be able to afford a, a teaching professional. 
Yeah. But we'll go find an instructor, put that program in place in those courts, and it's off and running. And we do that on the junior side and the adult side. These community tennis associations, we have a staff person in our office, Russell Dendy, and that's his target. He makes sure they stay healthy when they have a board transition. You know, we're in touch with them, walking them through yeah. things they need to do. The adult league program is is quite uh, busy. As you, you know, I mentioned, it was year round, and it's got all those different components. And we've got eight area local directors for just le- adult league alone. And then we've got wow. a state league director <laughs> in Lindsay Bullard from our office who she handles all those eight, and yeah. we just keep that ball rolling because it is. It's a year round rolling, very fluid calendar where it's just constant. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a red hot scene, man. I, I'm telling you. But um, so let me ask you. Um, uh, going forward, um, if somebody wants to get involved in the game, um, maybe they're moving. They've, they've moved here from another mm-hmm. place, or maybe they've always wanted to play the game, but they never had the opportunity or found the time, or they thought, "Well, I've, okay, so I mean, it's I'm a certain age of my life, and I'm not any good. I've never played. I'm untrained, so I'll get destroyed every time I go mm-hmm. out there, and there's not a place for me." What do those people need to do to get involved in the game of tennis? Well, one of the best things to do is uh, we have mstennis.com as our website, mm-hmm. and through that website, you can drill down and find maybe your local CTA contact information. We try to keep all that up to date. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, just call our office and we'll put them in touch with the right people, you know, wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously when we get started. And the nice thing about tennis, whether it's public or a private uh, club, say to, so to speak, or a private uh, park, actually delivering the product. You know, whether you walk in the doors of a country club or a tennis and swim or yeah. public parks. Now, like as I mentioned, some of these public parks won't have anybody on hand like that, but that's where that CTA can come in and help out. And just making those communications, it's a very uh, it's a nice family in tennis. So like I said, you can walk into any one of those kind of business models from private or public and you're going to find that it's a very commonality talk you're going to get from getting involved in the sport. Most of these facilities are going to have, you need to get it started again. Here's a drill on this day, come on out and it'll get you started again. Somebody might spend six months hitting balls and go, okay, I'm ready to get on team. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Or if they absolutely haven't played at all, you know, then there's that entry level programming component for them as well. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a nice thing that we keep in touch with everything statewide here um, with our park and rec directors to the tennis directors that are running them. And even the assistant pros, they pretty much know who we are. And obviously social media these days is, is huge. You mm-hmm. can, you can find us on the Facebook and anything that's going on, it's going to be pushed through. And that's obviously a, a way to connect we talked about adult leagues. Uh, there are senior adult leagues too, sure. right? I don't know if we touched on that necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's it goes it goes way on up there. It does. They uh, USDA kind of restructured the whole league program for mm-hmm. the most part, and they went with an 18s and a 40s and a 55s. They kind of just restructured the bulk of the ages that are playing. Yeah. But there's a 65s as well that, that play. As a matter of fact, when you get into the tournament side of things, because some adults still love playing tournaments, there's divisions in the 90s That's that even play amazing. nationally. You can go play a national 90s tournament, and the draw does make. So yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of them out there playing. Be so, fun. Yeah. I would get smoked by those people. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't do it. So that's awesome. So MSTennis.com. MSTennis.com. Jeff, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, oh, really Beer. Appreciate we appreciate you guys asking. Absolutely. We'll have uh, that information on our episode page for this show, by the way. Go to mpbonline.org forward slash season pass, and you can find uh, audio on demand of any of the episodes as well as the ability to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, coming up, we'll speak with Ambassador Tom Lindenberger and player Rhett Michael about the growing sport of pickleball in Mississippi. That's after this timeout. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. season pass on Think Radio with producer Java Chapman. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening on this Thursday morning. So, Java, we have uh, a couple of More minutes. More for facilitator than producer. Facilitator? <laughs> yeah, you know, Liz, she she put this thing together. She's uh, she's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so we got some interesting stuff going on these days in the world of sports and a little bit of time to talk about it. Um, uh, nearby Mississippi, not in the state uh, proper, but nearby we have the, the New Orleans Pelicans. Are they like the Mississippi team the same way the Saints are? Well, I, I, I don't know. There's been some discussion about that. You know, you have... Because um, this is New Orleans Saints country. Like, it, no questions well, about it. No questions asked. That's true. That's true. You got a little Falcons in there. And then uh, you got all your random stray bandwagon cowboy fans but um <laughs> you have you have the grizzlies yeah the grizzlies yeah you can yeah grizzlies i guess it depends on who's doing best at the time well and it depends on where you are in the state you know because the, the grizzlies have. are you know literally across the street from mississippi <laughs> uh seemingly uh and then um well memphis is across the street anyway but uh and then on the the south side of the state of mississippi new orleans is just you know right down right down the highway from the state of Mississippi. So they're very, very close. And if if you're in a place like Jackson, for example, uh, I mean, you're about split three hours between the two of them. Either so way, yeah, that, that's right. In that instance, it's kind of like who's who's, who's doing do. better. You know, when Memphis <laughs> was going through all their grind, you know, grinds, those last handful of teams they had, Yeah, I think people were into it. Uh, before that, you know, the, the Pelicans had a run in the playoffs one year with Chris Paul, and I think people were into it. Um, but now they're back with, uh, with Anthony Davis. Man, and he's been incredible. Hey, he's. It, it, I mean, James Harden has the, I guess the MVP race sold up pretty much, but uh, oh, he, but but this Anthony Davis, he he put his stamp in for next year. <laughs> I, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand the James Harden argument and everything, but I, you take Anthony Davis off the Pelicans, and what are they? Especially uh, the, since Bob, Boogie, the Bobcats. Right. <laughs> Especially, well, they might be like UNO, basically. But since, especially since uh, a Boogie Cousins yeah, went uh, down. messed yeah. up his uh, Achilles, uh, he I mean, that was some of the help. But AD has taken off. He's been incredible since Cousins got injured. He's taken it upon himself. Now, here's the thing: they've won ten in a row, and they're they're currently fourth in the Western Conference playoffs. But they're a half game off being third. And I mean, third through seventh is all separated by like a game and a half. So I mean, there's still a lot of fluidity to that whole situation but you know I wonder and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here but you know he's I wonder if he's uh, using all the gas in the tank get ready to jump ship to put them where they are right now like I don't, it, would it benefit them to a certain extent since it seems like mm, everybody outside of the Rockets and the Warriors you know is, is oh I get what you say yeah you know d- different colors of the same shade different shades of the same color so to speak um that you know maybe he's burning through that tank trying to get them into a good position here in the regular season when 
when you really need him to be fresh is in the playoffs because that's that's where you make your mark. Yeah, but I'm not. I I, I guess uh, to to not be Debbie Downer like you, it's <laughs> not. I don't know how far you know how realistically far they could go. I mean, even with the gassed up Anthony Davis, you know, I mean, what you going for the second round? Because we're not shooting for the uh, the Western Conference Finals. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of a doors doors are locked. Uh, you know. Well, what you want to do is avoid being the seven or the eight because that gave you the Rockets or the Warriors in the first round. Now, um, it looks well. I mean, who knows? The Rockets have won seventeen games in a row. So, yeah, they they <laughs> uh, and the Warriors have won six games in a row in their own right, uh, and they're separated by one game in the Western Conference. Let's say the Rockets are the one seed. So, if the Pelicans land in the four or five spot and they win their first round, they get the Rockets in the second round. Yeah, Let's say cool. they get the three spot or the six spot and they win their first round matchup, you get the Warriors in the second round. So, I don't know. That's what I said. The door the doors are locked pretty much for the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. So, I don't. I mean, you. No, just just shine on, young man. Shine on. Uh, so the um, Mississippi State High School Basketball Championships are going to take place at the Mississippi Coliseum. They've The, the semifinals uh, have been going on over the last handful of uh, days and now I think starting this afternoon into this evening. Over the next three days, the championships uh, will be uh, crowned. Um, have you, you got any experience going to games at the Coliseum and Seeing uh, you know, big crowds, big players have gone oh, on to big things. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was in school when uh, Mo. I know this is dating myself; it's so long ago. But uh, <laughs> when Mo Williams, um, um, uh, we went to the to the big house. I think like two years in a row, came up uh, runner ups, second in the state uh, to one of those teams down on the coast. I think it maybe was two thousand, two thousand and one. But uh, I do want to say congratulations to the Murrah uh, Lady Mustangs back, you know, where they usually are mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at the big house uh, going to the championship game. So um, and, and I kind of feel bad for Callaway, too. You know, they they, they ran up against a uh, who was it? Olive Branch. Olive Branch. Yeah. I was going to say, and this is not to slight anybody, because there's a lot of great teams to watch in a bunch of different classifications that are very, very good and, and, and very sound basketball dominant teams up and down uh, one through six on both sides. But if there is a game that you have to pick to go, I'm telling you, go watch Olive Branch. And look, I spent time at Forest Hill High School Full disclosure, and Olive Branch is playing Forest Hill in the championship, so I, I want my South Jackson Forest Hill team to win. But uh, if you buy a ticket to any of the twelve games, make sure you buy a ticket to that game so you can go watch Olive Branch. That's about how confident I feel <laughs> about my team's chances. They are incredible, uh, Olive Branch. They are uh, they are tall and long and lean and athletic and fast, and they can shoot, and they're deep. I mean, the first guy that comes off the bench is a 6'6 junior, and I'm like, my word, are you serious? That's, a, lu- that's a luxury that you, you don't often have in high school off the bench. Absolutely. 6'6 six, six and, and a junior, so he'll be there next year. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's always fun at the uh, at the Coliseum during the championship week. 
weekend. It's like really, if you got a chance to get down there, uh, go ahead support support the kids. Absolutely. If you can't get there uh, in person, the games will be on the NFHS uh, website, also the MHSAA website. I think go. I think cspirehoops.com is the official website you can go to uh, to watch the games on a stream. It is a, a subscription service, though, so I'll take that for what it's worth. Um, also, Mississippi State opened up its uh, new Duty Noble Field this week. That was very good. Uh, Quindary Weatherspoon and Victoria Vivians won the C Spire Player of the Year awards. That was very, very good as well. That's going to be all the time for us today. Stay tuned. So the Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is next on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.